Welcome to the Peaceful Power Podcast. I'm your host, Andrea Clausen, and today I have Joanna Haynes with us, and she is a soul alignment mentor and guide supporting her clients in the sacred reclamation of the whole self. She creates a powerful and supportive journey that is unique to each individual. So welcome to the show today, Joanna. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so happy to be here. Yeah. So I would love to kind of dive a little bit deeper into your background and you know, how did you come to human design and Akashic records and, you know, being in tune with the soul? Yeah, I think it was a bit of an evolution, like many things in life. And those modalities found me when I needed them in my own life. And then um, when I started to see how deeply they impacted me and served me, I, um, which was basically right away, then in um, true fashion to my human design, I sort of went all in on on both of those modalities, because they both really, um, really spoke to me and opened a doorway uh, into sort of a different way of relating to myself and my experience and helped me lean into my authenticity and my um alignment and so I just really wanted to bring those into my my practice and and to to my clients all right so I've had experience with both human design a little bit um from a business coaching realm and they used human design and then Akashic Records I had someone read mine for probably a year I consistently kind of did it so I'm familiar a little bit with the background but I haven't had anyone really discuss either of those modalities kind of in depth on the podcast so maybe you know, people are like, oh, I've heard of these, not sure what they are. So I want to kind of dive in with Akashic Records maybe first and, you know, share a little bit about, you know, what they are and what, you know, benefits are there from maybe getting a reading about them. Absolutely. So the the Akashic Records can sometimes be a little bit harder for our logical mind to comprehend. So just lean into what I'm saying and and allow it to sort of land and not try to intellectualize it. But it's essentially an etheric library. It's a, an energy field that we attune to. And so within um, the Akashic Records holds the experience of every soul's, um, every thought, deed, experience, um, choice, everything is held in this field. And when we attune to it with the intention of accessing it through um like in a session we would attune to let's say your specific records we attune to this field of consciousness that shares with us information that is most relevant to us in this now moment um that's how i work with them some people can like have the gift of always going in and finding out information let's say about past lives because that is of course part of the field um yet when I work with them past lives come in if they're relevant to what we need to know in this now moment and so yes essentially it's an etheric library that holds all information the benefits for accessing it is that we can be gifted information also healing clearings um cord cuttings like anything that is supportive to us um that comes from a really unjudgmental place. It's just information and it's not processed through um, the ego or our emotions. And so we can really just get information Mm -hmm. that could support us in this moment. And what you choose to do with it 
is up to you. Um, but it's a very healing place to be. Like we receive a lot of healing by just opening records as well. I would love to know more about kind of your process. I think I mostly had a lot of the past lives done. And then like, I never, she would always record, but I never went back and listened, you know, mostly cause I was kind of like, I'll get what I'm supposed to get out of the session right there. Otherwise, like you said, you're going to kind of start to, you know, intellectualize and just kind of be like, Oh, what did this mean? And micromanage kind of the healing that might have been meant for me at that moment. Um, so what does your kind of look like if you're not going to past lives, what do you kind of pull from then? Yeah. So, um, when, when I work with the records, like in my one-on-one coaching, I'll often just open the records and we'll do like a coaching session in the records so that I'm like pulling from the information that's coming to us. And then we're also working through like practical and step-by-steps or maybe some like, um, moving through blocks or whatever. So in the one-on-one coaching, it's just sort of something that we attune to all the time to support us in, in the mentorship journey. Um, if you come to me for like a specific reading, if you have an intention or you're like having a question that you wanted to work on, we would open the records, likely do some kind of clearings and just, I call it spiritual flossing. Like we can all kind of benefit from just clearing out some space. So we'll usually start there and I will just start to feel into like what, what the experience of being in your field is feeling like. And that usually opens a portal to deeper inquiry or something comes up and, and, or sometimes people come with like specific questions. Like I'm, I want to make this big decision and I'm torn and I'd like to know information about both paths or something mm-hmm. that can support me. So they'll come with an intention. Again, as soon as we go up into the logical mind and are like, what does the session look like and how will this happen? And, and it, it starts to get almost like a constrictive. And so um, we really just open it with the intention of in this now moment, what do I need to hear to serve my highest and greatest good? And sometimes it is past lives and we'll go there. Um, but it's as it relates to this now moment, think, um, deepening you into what is true for you right now. Mm. That is so cool. I mean, I think if anyone's interested in it, I'd highly recommend getting a reading just because it is, it is fascinating and putting aside, I think the first time I had it done, I was kind of like, what is this? But I'm, you know, you go in with an open mind. I think that's, you know, probably half the battle of just being like, okay, whatever's going to come up will come up. Absolutely. I remember the first time I had a session done for me, the feeling like it didn't make any sense like logically except just the the resonance of what it felt like in my body to be in that space with somebody and it confirmed so much of what I already knew in my system because it's your soul's information we're accessing and so it just confirmed for me so much that I sensed but I couldn't put a language to or I was had so many um like worthiness blocks around my path that I was like this can't be for me because I'm not special enough for this thing and then we go into the records and it was just confirming like we're so happy you're here and like go do the thing because you're supposed to and I was sobbing in mine because it was just so nourishing Mm -hmm. for the soul the system I love that is there anything else that you want to share about Akashic Records that maybe you haven't if people are kind of still curious yeah listen, if you are curious, if anything that I am saying or somebody that you um, felt guided towards, if you feel a pull, just trust it. 
and you don't need to make logical sense. You don't need to be spiritual to access it. You don't need to understand it to access it. You don't need to do anything to experience the gift of the Akashic Records. If it's pulling you, if you've come across it and you just have a curiosity, trust it because Mm. there's something there for you. That's all. I love it. All right. Well, switching gears a little bit into that human design then, um, you know, I am a projector Mm. and, um, I have know a little bit about it and what I'm supposed to do. Do I always do it? No. And do I usually feel that? Yes. So I would love for you to kind of chat a little bit about, you know, the different types and, um, you know, maybe what any advice or any like kind of steps for people to like implement this into their lives. Yeah. Um, if it's okay, I just even want to speak to what you say, because what you've said about being a projector and like, do I know it? And then do I do it kind of thing? It's, it's a human design experiment. So we're supposed Mm. to play with it. And like, you can't F it up. We just get these little nuggets of information. And each time we apply it and we see how it resonates or feels good, it's like, great. And when we don't apply it, we see how it feels and, and how it pulls us out of alignment and great because we got to have the experience of not applying our strategy and authority. So um, it's really about bringing awareness to how your energy is functioning and how it flows um, most easily. That's a terrible sentence, but easily through your system. Um, but you can't screw it up because it's just kind of an experiment and it takes time and it takes a lot of compassion um, to, to lean into it. Um, so just to explain a little bit, it's, it's, it's more of like a concrete thing that our logical mind can like see this chart and you generate a chart based on your birth time and date and location. And then, um, we get to actually see like a, a cosmic map, a constellation of how your energy is wired and where you, um, have access to your unique gifts, where energy is like kind of has an on button more often for you and maybe where um, energy has a little bit more of um, a variable quality to it. And when we are gifted this information, we, it gives us an entry point. Like it's just, it's information, human design is information. And like you say, we then have to go through the process of like embodying it and trying it on for size and feeling the difference of what it feels like to move in alignment or not in alignment um, based on, your energy type. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love that. If there is anything, you know, maybe go a little bit, what are the energy types? And then if people are like, Oh, how do I find out my human design? You know, where can they find that information out? If someone wants to even pull their chart right now, as we're talking about it, so they kind yeah. of have that at hand. Yeah. So you can um, generate your chart on my website, which is joannahaines.com. There's also um, Jovian Archive and Genetic Matrix. There's there's a few softwares out there. So you can just Google and, and um, generate your chart for free and find out your energy type. And so there's five energy types. Um, and do you want me to just sort of just go through like very yeah. high level or? Just, yeah, just okay. do a high level to start. Yeah. So we have the generator energy type, which is essentially that you are a sacral being here to embody your desires for life and sort of be trusting of those to move you and guide you through your decision-making process. And it's a very visceral response to things. You're kind of a yes or you're a no. Mm. 
Um, we have manifestors who are here to really follow their urges. It's almost like a nonverbal communication with the divine that like you get an urge and then you just go and they're here to be the trailblazers to pave the way to new things mm -hmm. um, by following their urges. Then we have the manifesting generator, which is even though it's a combo of those two, it's its own energy type. And that is a, still a sacral being. You are really here to follow those, those visceral urges coming from your sacral, your life force energy, the things that light you up. And as soon as you get that hit, um, then you go as fast as you mm. want to. And you start moving in that direction, but you don't want to start moving until you really have that visceral yes. Otherwise, you kind of create um, chaos just want to backtrack a second here. So if you're a generator, your strategy is to respond, like you're responding um, to life. That's what mm. I mean um, okay. by that. And then um, as a projector, we say that you're a non-energy being, but that's not because you're not here to create and contribute. It's just that you're not guided by your sacral um, and that your access to energy comes in a very different way. And you're here to be more of a guide and a seer and um, here to improve the, the way that we use energy. And that's not here by you exhausting yourself by do, 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 doing all the time. You know, you're here to work in sort of fits and starts and um, be really mindful and like resting and regenerating for a projector is incredibly important. Um, and then we have the reflector who is such a, a rare type of energy and it's such a beautiful, it's such a different way of being as well because they almost need to wait like a lunar cycle to make a decision. And sometimes that can feel very limiting for them. And I would spend a lot of time talking through this in a session with them, but they are really here to like feel what it feels like in an experience and go through the whole range of like being activated by the moon through the entire cycle, feeling into what a decision would feel like and then um, making a decision. So they're, they're almost here to be at the center of our tribe and um, kind of let us know how we're all doing by sort of feeling into all the other energies and like reflecting back to us um, that information that they, that they hold. And is that, um, like the the least amount of people percentage wise is usually reflectors is that correct? absolutely yeah I don't know the I think it's like one or two percent of oh. people are reflectors so it's 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 much less than the other energy types but everybody is like just because it's more rare it's not less unique I just want like everybody is unique oh my gosh I'm so sorry um everybody is super super unique um no matter what your energy type is. And so I just wanted to like, let everybody know that they're like, oh, but sometimes like generators are a lot and I'm not that special. And it's like, nobody has your design. Nobody has your design. That I think I, I love that you said that because that's where in Ayurveda, it's kind of the same about the dosha. Some people are like, oh, this is the better dosha. When I'm like, no, there's no better dosha. Like we have all three. Well, for Ayurveda, they have all three within us yeah. just in different amounts. And they all three have their unique qualities that the same thing are a little yes. bit different in everyone percentage wise. Absolutely. And it, I mean, honestly, to, to just add another layer to it, like we tend to look at our human design chart and you see what's defined in you and you think that's your chart, except you have the whole chart. 
Mm. It's just that the way that energy is flowing through it for you is different. So when it's defined, it's more like the gas pedal might be on in that area a bit more. And when it's undefined, when it's white, it's just more variable and you experience it through life and a relationship in a different way. So mm. you have all the chart. It's not like, oh, I don't have the gate of a storyteller defined. So therefore I'm not a storyteller or I can't make money because I don't have the gate of money. It's, mm. it's not to limit you. It's like, this is just how energy is flowing through your system. And when you learn to embrace your unique design and stop trying to be somebody else's design, you slip into your magic lane in life and then it just takes you. Oh, yeah. Most of mine, I know I have, I think only two defined mm -hmm. thingies, triangles, yeah, centers, yeah, centers. Yes. And so that's where like with the projector and um, the gal that I had taught this for the business group, she was kind of similar. So it was nice to kind of learn and like, Okay. So we are really, I mean, this makes sense because years ago I went go, 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 go. And then ended up like every Friday, like clockwork, I would be sick throwing up at, at work. Cause I was working from like 5am until 10pm wow. the whole week. And then I would coach basketball on the weekend. So I had no, I had no chill, I had no break, no rest whatsoever. And so once I, um, you know, like my body shut down. So then I was kind of forced to like, look at what, what things need to change in my life and made those changes. And even then you know, rest was still, and it still is today. It's something that I have to really focus on, um, which I've done, I think better this postpartum period, um, but really trying to prioritize that. And so, um, if you're, if maybe someone's listening, they're kind of in that same boat, like, man, I feel like my, so I'm going to do a little Ayurveda in here too. So I'm a Pitta, which is kind of like that, that go energy, get things done, but then yet I'm a projector. So they're kind of conflicting, in nature. Mm. And so if someone else is kind of like, how does this all fit together? You know, if you're kind of looking at so many different things, how can we kind of make it all work and balance? Yeah. And I, that's like such a beautiful question. Um, because it also happens when you read like your astrology chart with human yeah. design, you know, if you have like an Aries projector versus like, I don't know, a cancer projector, they're going to be different qualities of energy. There might just be a bit more fire in that projector, or like, as you say, to like the Pitta. So um, you still get to be an ex fiery expression if that's what you want to, you know, you still, and you might have access to a bit more energy than say another projector. So even though there's only five energy types, there's so much nuance in that to, uh, to, um, there's so much what's right for one projector isn't necessarily right for the other. And so when we say like, oh, projectors are supposed to work like four hours a day, but that's applying themselves to the, their like outward facing. They could be still like in their scientist lab in the back doing the work. It's just that might not be exactly true for every projector and somebody with maybe a bit more fire or a bit more um, depending on what energy centers are defined, it's going to look different. So mm. How do we balance it? It's about really tuning in to what the information feels like, playing with the experiment, seeing like, what are my edges and what does it feel like when I know I've crossed them or when I'm out of balance and how can I um, bring myself back into alignment more quickly than maybe I did last time? It's not about you are going to have this straight flat line that you've just nailing everything all the time it's more like the pendulum won't swing as aggressively in either direction and it'll still swing and it's just realigning over and over again through experience and information and embodiment of that does that sort of yeah. answer your question 
yeah i mean as i as you were saying that, i was like oh because i'm also a virgo and so I'm like yeah. maybe i have more like or i probably have some chill in my chart i'm just not necessarily doing that and that's you know some of it's too like i was an athlete growing up and so some of that could be like okay i gotta get like realigned now as almost i'll be 40 next year so you're like okay like i'm not playing competitive sports anymore like how can i find my realignment you know as i move forward with my life and maybe maybe that's also where people can think about it too is maybe you were like that but were you innately or was it kind of just that was the environment you were in absolutely like we always have an opportunity to like re-meet ourselves where we're at now. And it's not to say that being um, an athlete was quote unquote bad for you, but it's just, that's who I was and how I was operating back then. And how do I want to feel now? And what do I want to do now that, um, that serves me given the information that I now have and the life experience that I now have that bought me maybe great satisfaction to apply myself in that way, except it totally depleted my system. Mm -hmm. So is there another way that I can, um, apply myself that feels really nourishing to my system? Um, you know, and that's such a unique, experience to everybody um which is also why i love working you know with with trauma informed modalities as well because sometimes there can be it's it's one thing to just know this about yourself but then there can be a lot of life experience that connects us to stories and beliefs around um i'm not saying that you have them but let's just say around like what it means to be an athlete and that belief system can get really ingrained and it's like how can we lovingly own that part about ourselves and be with it and celebrate it, but also celebrate and be with the parts that are desiring some attention now. I love that. That's where, um, I guess I went through it earlier than I know other people who are athletes. So I played three sports in college, but, um, one was kind of just dropped into my lap. Won't share the story now, but, um, I was basketball was like my identity. And so going into my junior year, I quit and, uh, I was starting to hate it. The coach was just, treating me like crap. And I was one of her starters. And so I'm like, I'm went in there and I was like, I'm not, I'm not doing this. Like I'm starting to hate this sport. And that was like my identity. And so that was my, you know, junior year of college. I read how to think like Leonardo da Vinci randomly was in the self-help aisle of Barnes and Noble back before it was cool. And I just picked this book. So I'm like, I got to figure out like, who am I? I'm not, I'm not basketball anymore. Like going back to my high school, I remember being like, I'd be so embarrassed. I'm not that person. So that mm. was kind of my first introduction. I'm, I'm actually grateful because I'm like, I got to move on or move past that at a younger age than some of the people, you know, that I've seen or worked with now who are like, oh, I'm losing this part. How do I move through that? And I think, as you had said, like, that is a process of like grieving maybe that past you and knowing like, okay, this edge is this door shutting and moving into the next version of myself and having those tools, which it sounds like human design and probably Akashic Records, you know, can also help with that. Absolutely. Yeah. It's, it's just... I mean, it's so cliche to say, but it's a journey, but it's just a constant, like becoming different versions. And it's not that the, the other per parts, like, even though we say they may die, sometimes we go through like a death and a rebirth. It's, it's that you're still, it's still part of you. And we just lovingly hold that part of us. And that's why I call it the sacred reclamation of the whole self, because so many times people are like, I need to get rid of this part of me. That's not serving mm. me. And it's like, well, it doesn't really work like that because as soon as you resist what is, it persists. And so when we can actually meet that part and say, hey, like what, well, one, knowing how it served us for much of our lives and, and what does that part of us need now in order to potentially rest? 
it doesn't disappear. It just kind of rests in the system. And so, um, yeah, it's such an evolution of just meeting ourselves over and over and over again. Mm. What if someone's struggling with like a, you know, moving past something, maybe they thought they had moved here, but then they fall backwards into patterns. You know, that's something I see kind of a lot, like, oh, I thought I was past this story, this habit, this whatever. And then maybe a year or so later it comes back in and they Mm. fall back down a rabbit hole. So how do people kind of work past some of these stories? I think we're always going to, well, a couple of things. I think that we just like kiss the same story sometimes over and over again in like a spiral pattern. So each time you meet it, there's a new opportunity to learn something. Mm. Um, you know, like your chart is there's lower expressions and higher expressions of, of their gates in the chart. And if you look at the gene keys, which is heavily related to human design, um, you know, there's a lot, there's challenges and shadows of our personality aspect or our, um, mm our, our system that we're going to come up against. And it's not that you are failing. It's that you're living out Mm. part of what your purpose is in this incarnation to meet that challenge and continue to alchemize it. So I think one is like dropping the judgment around, Mm. um, thinking that because something's come back again, that you're failing but then really using it as an opportunity. Do I want to use this as like an opportunity for growth or do I want to like throw in the towel and say, well, this is how it's going to be and give up. And like, that's a choice. So if you want to continue to grow with the story and the lessons, it's like what happened before I started like um, going back into that old belief? Like what were the things that started to send me back into that way? Um, And another thing that I like to use is also checking in for like your intentions of the why, because the reason that you do things will dramatically affect the outcome in the sense that if you're going to the gym because you're afraid you're going to get a disease and die, Mm -hmm. it's going to be entirely different experience than if you're going to the gym because you want to feel alive and thriving and vital in your body. Mm -hmm. They're two entirely different experiences. And so sometimes when we slip backwards, um, quote unquote backwards, it's because maybe it's just an opportunity to clarify our why and our intention behind why it is we're doing the thing we're doing. Mm. Yes. I like that. And that's, I mean, I, I kind of see that too, as like that cylinder or that that Mm -hmm. cyclical nature of just, okay, sometimes it comes up again. And I like that you said new layers and you kind of can release different things each time if that's how you choose, you know, to look at it and move forwards. Yeah, absolutely. So talking about kind of, um, you know, the authentic expression of self and, you know, diving in deeper there, how can someone maybe start to like clear the layers? I always kind of think of to kind of get down and really show their authentic self maybe to the world. Yeah, it's such a beautiful question. And I don't know that there's a really simple answer, but I was reflecting on this yesterday and the authentic self the higher self, whatever you want to call it, is already inside of you. Like it's coded in your DNA. And we kind of pick up these experiences through life that perhaps um, become armor or become beliefs. Like they're just loaded kind of their layers on top of your original blueprint. And so I think um, how do we begin to shine is turning inwards and connecting to like, what is it that I really desire? What feeling states do I really desire? And what would it feel like to start showing up in this way? And then noticing where we come up against resistance and then using the resistance as an opportunity to um, transmute, transform, clear 
the thing that's standing in the way. Because I think sometimes people think that like becoming your highest self is something you like go out and force, except mm-hmm. I actually think it's more of like a purification. Um, and then you just let your natural radiance come through. Mm-hmm. So like that. the purification versus the force, that's such a different energy too. Completely, completely. You know, it's already radiating within me. What's blocking my light? You know, and for me, the biggest thing, like, let's just say the opening portal was potentially something along the lines of like, wow, I think that my dream life is only available to other people. Like I watched them running their businesses and I think that's so amazing, but I'm not capable of that. Mm -hmm. And when I was, when I started to actually pay attention to that, it's like, why? Because if you notice yourself looking at people and and desiring something that they have or um, admiring something in them, it's likely a part of you that needs that is desiring some recognition as well. Mm-hmm. And so just contemplating like where do I where do I judge? Where do I desire? Where do I um, quickly shut down something? Where do I say no way too quickly? Like mm-hmm. just starting to be very curious about your reactions. I think that's a really interesting place to start the purification process if 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 you want to call it that um Mm. awareness and then being brave enough to follow that thread Mm. and what about like when we talk about like manifesting and you know sometimes people think like oh if I'm thinking it I can just manifest it Mm -hmm. but we have to take those action steps too so can you you know share a little bit about how that all fits into maybe what we're talking about Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think for me, you know, I think it's really important. It's really important that the forward facing, the, the dreaming, the desiring, the manifesting, it's amazing. And we want to live there, but it's not always easy for people to just hold those big visions because of some of those life experiences or beliefs. And so I think that it's beautiful to kind of oscillate between the forward facing. And then when we come up against a resistance, we actually, we travel back into the experience or the trauma or or the belief when necessary. We don't need to go and like trauma hunt Mm -hmm. to solve all of our quote unquote problems before we can begin manifesting. I I find it to be like, um, a spectrum that we, we we're forward facing and then we go back when we need to. Um, so I just really wanted to say that because I think that like affirmations are amazing and beautiful, but there's sometimes some work underneath that we need to feel more aligned to the affirmation rather than just trying to like bully our way into the affirmation. Because if you're saying something that doesn't feel aligned and contracts your system the entire time, you're just going to create a bigger dissonance between the two mm-hmm. so I think that's been it, happening many probably for past like 10 years until really recent recently I started hearing about people actually with the action steps first I feel disconnected and then people would always be like well try harder but yeah if you're feel so far away from it it makes sense I mean you're just gonna keep going farther away yeah so I think it's like important to hold the big vision, but then come back to the now, like what are the actions? And yes, action steps are huge because I also think that there's a lot of talk out there that it's like, if it's meant for me, it'll find me and I'll just like seed my desires into the universe and then do nothing about it. And it doesn't work like that. It's not that you have to like prove yourself, except that you're co-creating. Mm. You need to put some some devotion it's not force. You need to put devotion. 
dedication, passion into what it is you want to create, not from a forceful place. So mm -hmm. if something's feeling so constricting because you're not aligned with the, um, the affirmation per se, it's like, okay, where can I dial it back? Or where can I see where the resistance is? And then, and then zone in on that area and work on what needs to be worked on for that. Still holding the bigger vision. It doesn't mean you're abandoning it just because you're not like laser focused on the bigger vision, but it's like, what needs to be tended to here and now in order for me to continue to pursue this dream in a way that feels really beautiful to my nervous system that pushes my edges in a way that I can handle and that doesn't blow out my system because mm -hmm. if we wanted to create wealth and it's like I'm a millionaire and you have like one penny in your bank account it might feel really far off and all you do is you notice the gap mm -hmm. whereas if it's like I am creating abundance and I'm learning what that feels like in every moment it's such a different energy to meet each moment with mm -hmm. and you've talked about nervous system a little bit how or why is that kind of important, you know, in this work and, you know, just probably human design and Akashic records, all of the work being human, <laughs> being human. Yeah. Like our nervous system is consistent. Like our nervous system is informing us all the time, whether we're aware of it or not. And it carries the history of our life experiences through it subconsciously or unconsciously and so when we start to pay attention to the nervous system and and support it in regulating we're able to just come into the present moment with a little bit more presence and awareness versus like reaction and force this it's super high level sort of how i see it working um because if we're constantly moving from a place of force or reaction or fight or flight we're going to try to manifest in that way and it's not sustainable and it doesn't feel good working with the nervous system doesn't mean that you're not going to have big emotions like you're human the human experience has a full range of emotions that's why we're here we're here to experience life through our human experience but what working with nervous system does is it increases our capacity to be with what is in the moment so when you come up against a block you aren't like oh my goodness this is wrong for me i'm just going to pack it in you're like wow I'm so activated right now mm. and I'm just going to be with this for a second and see what needs my attention. And I'll get back to my manifesting in a second, but this is what requires my attention. Mm. It's all part of the process. That's mm. all really, really valuable. Mm. I love that. And I think that's like the perfect place to kind of wrap things up. Cause I think it all kind of came together right there. So yeah. if people are like, Hey, how can I work with Joanna? Um, maybe they want to do some, do you just do like one-off Akashic records and human design work too? Yes, I do. Yeah. I have some sessions each month that are just single sessions, human design, Akasha, whichever you want, or a blended session of the two. Um, I just love connecting people in that way. And also it's a nice way to get a, a flavor of whether it would feel aligned for you to work together in a longer container. So I offer those. And then I also have, um, mentorship programs that are that are a longer journey for a deeper dive very cool and where can people find you so um instagram it's it's joanna haynes is my handle and then on my website is joanna haynes so j-o-a-n-n-a-h-a-i-n-e-s.com and everything's on there and all the links to everything is on there and also some some offerings free offerings nidras and stuff on youtube as well well, all right. I'll make sure I put all of that in the show notes if people are interested. And I love that you combine them. That's pretty cool. 
So mm-hmm. thank you so much for coming on. I just have one final question. I always like to throw out a challenge to all the listeners. And then when I have a guest on, I have you throw out that challenge. So what would you like that to be this week? Mm. I think my challenge would be to, it's a very simple one, but it's powerful is to like literally take your shoes off, take your socks off and connect to the earth, mm-hmm. knowing that you aren't in nature when you do that you are part of nature. Like we look at a bird and we, we see that being nature. And then why do we see ourselves as separate? And so when you can come into harmonic resonance with nature and the earth, the mother earth supporting you, you're going to just start feeling like the actual pulse of your unique expression coming through you. And so just take your shoes off, connect to the earth to feel what it feels like to be in connection with yourself as nature. I love that. And you're speaking my Ayurvedic language. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much, Joanna, for coming on and um, sharing all your insights with us today. It was such a pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you everyone. And go out there and spread your peaceful power.